Thanks for tuning in to the Beginning Aquaponics Podcast, your source for learning everything you need to know about how to set up and operate a small-scale aquaponics system. We'll get started with this episode after a quick word from our sponsor. Thanks. Hey everybody, uh, this is Jacob Jones and welcome to the very first actual episode of the Beginner Aquaponics Podcast. Just a reminder, if you have any questions, look for the link in the show description here. Uh, we'll be able to submit your questions for me to answer later on in the series. Uh, I guess for today, we're just going to go ahead and start with a quick introduction to aquaponics and uh, what it is and some of the reasons that we might be doing it. So just to dive right in, aquaponics is kind of a combination word, uh, aqua and ponics. The ponics part comes from uh, hydroponics, and hydroponics is basically just a type of soilless culture where we use water, that would be the hydro, to transfer all the nutrients that those plants need to the roots themselves. Uh, the plants don't grow their roots down into soil, uh, even though sometimes we may use a inert media like uh, expanded fired clay or you know, gravel of some kind. Uh, but the plants don't actually get their nutrients from that. They get the nutrients from the water. And in hydroponics, the nutrients are added in artificially by people in the form of a nutrient salt or a supplement of some kind. But the big thing to know is that it's a type of soilless culture. There is no soil used in hydroponics. And that can be for several reasons. One, it really makes the, uh, the uh, nutrient availability the same across all your crop. And also that you can uh, make it to where the pests are not as big of a problem. It's very clean and uh, a, a very good way of growing crops, even though it can be somewhat expensive sometimes. There are several different designs that people use to grow those plants. Um, and those different designs have different purposes. If you have something that's tall and needs a lot of root support, you may want to go with something that those roots can wrap around like uh, a gravel-based or a gravel looking type of media. Or if you have something that's kind of short and leafy, you might do better doing something like a floating raft. And we'll get into all of the different types of designs of systems and things like that later on in the, in the podcast series. However, just know that the, the most important thing about hydroponics is that it's a soilless culture and that we're adding those nutrients in artificially by the way of dissolving certain salts into the water. So some of the reasons that we use soilless culture um, and why, and it's, it's an expanding agricultural practice. Uh, one is that it's a sterile condition if you do it right, and it reduces all the soil-borne pathogens and diseases that may come um, to your plants via you know, the soil or organisms that are living in the soil itself. Two, we can improve the growing conditions and make it ideal for whatever plant it is that we're trying to grow, uh, all depending on how much money you want to spend, basically, and how much work you want to put into uh, manipulating the environment, such as the temperature, or the amount of light, um, or the electricity that you put into it. Three, uh, water and fertilizer are used really efficiently in this system. It's all recycled. Uh, the water is all recycled. You really only lose water due to evaporation and transpiration from the plant itself. Uh, so we're not 
you know, constantly irrigating the plants like we would in our normal garden, uh, needing to put more water in it all the time just for it to be lost in the ground. You know, all of our water gets recycled as long as we continue to put more nutrients into it. Four is the possibility to develop agriculture uh, where suitable land's not available. So this is one of the reasons that we're seeing this big uptake or this big push into soilless culture in urban areas. Because one thing that we can do is have a full-scale farm on the top of a skyscraper, on top of a building. Uh, it requires no soil and it doesn't even have to be on the ground level. But we can do it in a parking lot. We can do it inside. Uh, there's a lot of possibilities for new ways for us to grow food in areas where, you know, farmable, tillable land is not available anymore. And the fifth is because uh, you can grow these plants chemical or pesticide free. So basically you can grow these uh, organic with a fair amount of ease uh, as long as it, your, your environment that you're growing them in is free from maybe overspray by crop dusters and things like that. But uh, organic food, not only is it more healthy, but it also catches a quite a bigger uh, price tag at the markets or at the farmer's markets whenever you're trying to sell your product. So this is a good way of doing that as well. There's a couple of cons to hydroponics as well. Um, one thing is that you have to use a lot of electricity, right? You're running a bunch of pumps. Uh, it has to be well aerated, so you're running air pumps and things like that. And uh, if you're inside, you're running a lot of lights and you're running um, filters and a, and a whole bunch of stuff. So it's a lot of electricity, a lot of power that needs to be used to, to run a hydroponic setup. Another thing is that you have to use chemical fertilizers. Now, some of these chemical fertilizers, um, you know, names can scare us off, but a lot of these chemical fertilizers can be natural as well, which is how they're still able to retain that name of organic. You know, even the air we breathe is technically a chemical, so you need not let that name chemical scare you off. But sometimes you have to add different fertilizers like ammonia nitrate and things like that, like we would use normally in our normal uh, agricultural setups. The initial cost getting this stuff set up can be really high. You have to have a lot of building materials and a whole lot of time put into this. M many times they're, these systems are built in greenhouses or they're built in uh, large warehouses and the, uh, the pumps and air pumps and, and air hose and things like that are just not cheap at all. So you have to keep that in mind uh, when you're thinking about setting up all this. And one of the last big cons we have is that management is particularly more complicated because uh, you have to use different methods to, to get your nutrient slurry just right. Uh, if you add too many nutrients and throw the balance out of whack, you run the risk of burning your, your plants. Or if you, obviously, if they don't get enough nutrition, then they won't grow. So now over to the other part of the word, the aqua word. And aqua is, uh, it comes from the word aquaculture. And aquaculture is uh, essentially just the captive rearing and the production of fish and uh, other aquatic animals or plants, uh, such as uh, bullfrogs and things like that in the southeast. Um, but we do this under controlled conditions. So the, in short, aquaculture just means fish farming. And you know, it's usually what you hear it called anyways. 
So there are four different types of aquaculture, right? There's an open water system. Uh, that means open water, like uh, in a bay or an estuary, uh, we see these large salmon cages, uh, things like that. So basically you put a cage out and float it in the open water or use a, a fence to, to mark off an area and you grow your fish in water that's already there naturally. Uh, a lot of times that automatically has different types of food for your fish coming in uh, just through the natural system there. Another type is pond culture, which is a lot of times what we all think of when we think of aquaculture. Pond culture is just like it sounds like. We dig several ponds and uh, we use those to grow fish. Uh, it's a more intensive type of, of growing of fish. <clears throat> a lot of times we have to have aeration and we're feeding them ourselves. Uh, that being said, this is a very efficient way to grow fish. Uh, a third type is we do it in what's called a flow through raceway. So this is what you see a lot of times with uh, trout farmers is basically you have a long raceway that holds your fish and you have a natural source of water that pumps the water in on one end as it flows through the system. It carries out all the waste and provides the fish with fresh water and oxygen. And then it flows out the system on the other end and out into the environment. And the fourth and most expensive and intensive way of growing fish is called the recirculating aquaculture system. And throughout this uh, series of podcasts, you'll hear me refer to them as RAS. It's just short for recirculating aquaculture system or even RAS sometimes we call it. Now RAS is not the, the, the simplest by any means or the cheapest production system because like I said, you know, this system takes a lot of upfront cost buying fish tanks and pumps and air hoses and things like that. Um, as well as, you know, paying for things like electricity costs and the management can, uh, be expensive, but the more you put into a system, essentially the more effort you put into a system to growing the fish, the more fish that you can grow in a small amount of area. And so essentially aquaponics is the combination of growing plants without soil and growing fish in these intensive recirculating aquaculture systems. Um, to aquaculture, there's a couple of potential cons, or uh, sorry, not cons, uh, potential pros, good things. Um, we can decrease pressure on the world's fisheries by doing aquaculture, the natural fisheries, of course. Um, we've gotten to this point in the world where our natural fisheries are not able to sustain the demand for seafood. Uh, the world over. So we're relying a lot on aquaculture now to kind of make up the difference so that we're not putting so much pressure on our natural fisheries. Um, that in turn has the potential to significantly reduce our footprint of uh, less sustainable terrestrial animal farming, uh, such as cattle and chickens. And, uh, you know, while those are important commodities, they do take a lot of water and resources to grow those. It's also a really important source of uh, our global protein production. So for people to eat as well as making different feeds for animal feeds, um, the aquaculture industry around the world actually now accounts for almost 50% of the fish eaten in the world. So that's, that's an awesome number. And uh, we're looking to raise that for sure. Some of the drawbacks though to aquaculture, uh, some types of aquaculture methods 
uh, lack the sustainability uh, when it comes to the treatment of wastewater uh, because there's a lot of fish byproduct in it. So one of the ways that we're working on improving uh, our aquaculture systems is by figuring out how to treat that wastewater a little bit better. It'll make it better on the environment. Uh, another potential drawback is that aquaculture can be really expensive and somewhat harmful to the environment. Uh, I mean, we, we sit here and think, uh, especially in the part of the world where I'm from in central Arkansas, many of our uh, aquaculture facilities around here are several thousand acres. Um, and you know, that's a lot, of, a lot of ground that's been converted into ponds. Now, while you know, aquaculture has its, its benefits and its uh, drawbacks to the environment, you know, sometimes uh, I think of the, the uh, double-crested cormorant and basically the only reason that it's still uh, around and in the numbers that it is is because of aquaculture. You know, aquaculture has essentially rebounded that bird. Uh, however, like I said, a lot of the land has now been put into aquaculture production, so it can't be used for other things. So we, you know, you have gives and takes. So without the wastewater treatment as well, a lot of that nutrient-rich water that comes in there can lead to problems in the watershed and even our local water sources that we use for drinking water. Uh, a lot of that fish waste is really high nutrients, so uh, we get uh, algal blooms of harmful algae, uh, sometimes toxic algae that uh, can be detrimental to the area. Uh, one of the big reasons that aquaculture uh, gets a lot of dirty looks is actually too because of its heavy reliance on fish meal as a primary feed ingredient so a lot of the fish that we catch from our natural fisheries actually goes right back into producing the fish that we're uh, producing here you know inland which uh, kind of seems a little bit counterproductive but uh, the, the fish that we're catching for fish meal are a lot less uh, economically important than the ones that we're growing with them so it, it makes a little bit of sense when you sit down and think about it, but still we'd like to be able to get away from that fish meal. It would uh, take a lot of the burden off of the fisheries if we could do that. So putting it all together, now we have the combination of aquaculture and a soilless culture hydroponics. So we call that aquaponics. And aquaponics, the definition is a technique for combining hydroponics, aquaculture, and nitrifying bacteria in a system that cultivates plants and fish in recirculating water. So there's a lot to that definition, and we haven't even talked about nitrifying bacteria yet. We'll talk about that uh, in a later, uh, later episode, uh, but that is honestly one of the most important parts of an aquaponic system. That is the thing that makes those two systems work together. <clears throat> Moving on. So our aquaponics problems, there are just a few aquaponics problems. Um, fish feed, we're still trying to feed our fish with fish feed, and that can be quite expensive. Now, we will talk about some ways to supplement our fish feed to save us a little bit of money here and there. Uh, but for the most part, you're still going to be feeding a commercial fish feed of some sort that's uh, fish meal based and, and can be pretty expensive. However, it's not most of the time since we're just doing back you know, backyard hydroponics and aquaponics, then we're not buying a lot of fish feed at a time, but still something to think about. 
uh, it takes quite a while to set it up right. Uh, after you get it all built and start to put uh, fish in there, there's a, a little bit of a critical time period there where we're growing these bacterial colonies inside the filter that allow us to take that fish waste and cycle it into a type of nutrient that the plants can use. And uh, obviously we have to be careful when we're stocking our fish because if we get too many fish in the area, you know, the density is too high and we can't filter our water fast enough to go back to the fish. So uh, when we're talking about aquaponics, I realize I got a little bit ahead of myself here. Um, we're using fish feed that's being eaten by the fish and that's applying nutrients to the water. The nutrients that is in the water then flow from the fish and into um, a biofilter where the uh, waste products from the fish, which would be ammonia, are then converted into a type of nutrient that plants can use in the form of nitrate. Those nitrates are then taken up by those plants, which in turn clean the water and allow us to use that water for the fish again. So like I said earlier, this type of system uses very, very little water. Uh, I know personally of several systems that have been running for 25 years without ever changing the water, only having to top off what may have evaporated in the sun or transpired through the leaves themselves. So it's very efficient in terms of water. And the only input that we have to put in is fish feed. So it's not exactly an artificial uh, input of nutrients in there because our, our fish are what's taking their food and trans uh translating that into something that the the plants can use there are several different types of uh of aquaponics and we'll get into more of them but you'll hear me say the words deep water culture essentially all that is is a a tank of water with a floating raft on top of it that our plants grow on we also have nutrient film technique, which is uh, what you see a lot of times when you search aquaponics on Google or something. And basically it's just the, uh, a square tube that the plant sits in and the water runs across its roots as it grows down that tube. We also have a flood and drain system. This is also a lot of times called media beds or ebb and flow systems. Uh, this is where you see that gravel type substrate in that uh, we use a lot for bigger plants that need a little bit more root support. Uh, like I said, it's an inert substrate, so it doesn't actually let uh, the plants not actually getting any of its nutrient from the media itself. It's just the water that's between those media. So aquaponics is this great way of being able to grow basically two different types of food in your backyard. And that is fish and you know, your regular garden plants. A lot of people like to grow uh, leafy green plants such as uh, you know, lettuce and kale and spinach and things like that. But you don't just have to stop there. Uh, you can grow larger fruiting plants like tomatoes, um, maybe not corn, but you know, different uh, plants like squash and cucumber and things like that as well. Uh, so, uh, as we go through this series of, of podcasts, we'll talk about the different types of systems that we're setting up, and that also determines what kind of fish that we're going to use, as well as the type of plants that we can grow 
in those types of systems. So I hope you enjoyed the first episode. Uh, Hold on, we'll get more into detail with with more content here pretty soon as time goes on. Uh, But come back next week for the next episode. We'll start talking about aquaponic design and uh, what goes into an aquaponic system. Remember that you can leave a recorded message if you have questions. Uh, You can find that link in the show description. And uh, we'll answer those when we get through uh, the series. I'll have a listen to them and we'll pick out the ones. We'll try to get as many of them answered as we can. Uh, But hope you enjoyed it and we'll look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you.